Moncrief on News Talk. Now, as you may know, the former BBC reporter Laura Trevelyan has made reparations and acknowledged how her family profited from the slave trade. But among her ancestors is Charles Trevelyan, the one mentioned in the fields of Athenrye for exporting food from Ireland while people here starved. So should some form of reparation be made to Ireland? Or is it unfair to blame one man? Liam Kennedy is Professor of History at Queen's University and the author of uh, The Death Census of Black 47. Liam, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, could you start by describing for us what was it that Charles Trevelyan did in Ireland? He, he, he was essentially a civil servant. Yeah, he was the, Charles Trevelyan was the civil servant primarily in charge of famine relief all through the years of the Great Famine. So it, clearly he is, you know, a an important figure, some would say a key architect of famine relief policies. But we also need to remember that he was a civil servant and that power, particularly power in relation to how public monies were spent on famine relief. I mean, that power and responsibility uh, lay with the British government and particularly with Sir Charles Wood, the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Mm. And there there was a sense of not wanting to spend too much money that was probably, I suppose, allied to a, a political view of the world as well. Yeah, I mean, clearly, um, governments on the whole are not too keen on spending money on, you know, on certain kinds of causes and so on. However, I mean, the British government did spend 10, 10 millions on famine relief. It did uh, employ three quarters of a million people on public work schemes. I mean, just just think of that in terms of employment schemes we've had in the past. Mm. Uh, three, quarter, three quarters of a million on a, on public work schemes, um, feeding three million at soup kitchens in July 1847. So, you know, I think we need a, a degree of perspective on all of this. There are certainly major um problems, major criticisms that may be made of the British government, and indeed rightly so, particularly for perhaps the second two years of the Great Famine. Um, but there were also substantial achievements. And given the scale of the catastrophe, which you know immediately was caused by an ecological disaster, the destruction of the staple food of the people, um, the potato. Given the scale of that destruction and given the fact that it went on for four years or so, in some case, in some regions, five years, so back-to-back famines, that was unprecedented in 19th century um, European history. So it's it's a really complex episode. It is it is the most appalling episode we have mm. to deal with in terms of modern Irish history, modern Irish society, even. Uh, you know, in which one million died yeah. through uh, malnutrition and primarily um, famine diseases acting on malnutrition. So it's um, yeah, it's I mean it, it is. A catastrophe, a human catastrophe. Allocating responsibility, though, is a bit more complex. And we could go into 
Yeah, no, I mean, because, I mean, it's it's often be said about Trevelyan, but, but the government at the time that, they, you know, there was a, te- a tendency towards laissez-faire e- e- economics, plus also a kind of a religious idea that somehow the Irish deserved all this. Yeah, I don't think Trevelyan would have subscribed to a notion of the Irish deserving it, you know, that notion of providentialism, um, God's intervention, and indeed uh, punishing the Irish. I don't think Trevelyan subscribed to that at all. He's been accused of that. And could I say, I mean, I think Pete St. John was a wonderful singer and songwriter. You know, I I heard him live. Um, But the fields of Athenry is probably not um, the most helpful text for understanding the Great Famine. Wonderful and all, as the as the tune is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so are you saying he's kind of been on? Well, he, I mean, he he he's been used as the kind of the face of blame for this, and that's perhaps not fair. I, I think a, a fair Yes, I mean, he, Trevelyan has been vilified, and um, in the fields of Athenry, you could take at least that implication. Um, but it's been made much more strongly by writers like um, John Mitchell, Arthur Griffith, and others. You know, in the um, in that nationalist tradition. But it really is to to simplify history. If I was to select an individual. For particular responsibility, it would actually be Sir Charles Wood, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, who in 1847 cut back heavily on planned expenditure on the Great Famine. Now, if Wood was around today, he would respond immediately, I think, well, uh, we had a in, in the United Kingdom economy, we had a financial crisis in March 1847, when the the famine was getting really bad. And that was followed quickly by a recession in the British economy. So the the wider economic environment at the time uh, wasn't particularly helpful. Mm, And if one wanted to to bring in an international environment, it would be that you have harvest failures across Europe, mainly in the um, cereal crops, staple foods for most European populations. You've harvest failures in 1846, and that translates into high prices for food and um, grain scarcity in 1847. So to kind of sum that up in in a sentence, I think it would be we the Irish were unlucky, and when our luck ran out, it ran out with a vengeance yes. in 1857. Yeah. No, but, but at the same time, Trevelyan didn't want anyone to starve to death in Ireland. Would, no, would, I mean... Would he have, but he didn't seem to have accepted that he, he did spectacularly fail in that regard. Well, no, <laughs> I think that is a fair criticism. I mean, he wrote an, an apologia for his handling of the Great Famine in, I think it was 1849. So he, I suppose he would make the point that many lives, and this is a point that's often forgotten, many lives were indeed saved by famine relief measures. The tragedy is that those famine relief measures weren't pursued more vigorously. And, well, 
really for a longer periods of time, um, I would say the soup kitchens should have been extended into 1848, and that would have been really helpful. Mm. But on that um, specific point, yeah, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't accept a degree of responsibility. I think. I think he felt. Certainly, his writing suggests this. God knows what went on in his unconscious or in his conscience. Yes. But in his public writings, um, he felt he had done the best possible with, let us remind ourselves, a tragedy, an ecological and economic crisis of, you know, catastrophic proportions. Mm. It's particularly on, on. predicted or unpredictable, a bit like COVID, you know, where we really struggled to handle it. Yeah. But there, there, there is a further irony there in relation to the Trevelyan family. Um, and that is, I mean, I was, I thought it was a touch of black humour about Laura Trevelyan first finding out about her great, great, whatever, grandfather and the Irish famine. Uh, from Martin McGuinness, the <laughs> yes. way in Derry, you know, a man who was responsible for scores of killings of fellow Catholics and Protestants in 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 the Derry area, and the the inventor, she might even have replied, "Aren't you the man who invented the human bomb, which blew?" Patsy Gillespie into a million pieces. So perhaps you are not the best person to lecture me on the um, sins of our fathers. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, there, there has been, I mean, and she was on uh, the Stephen Nolan show and he brought this uh, issue of reparations, whereas the, the Trevelyan family personally profited from slavery. So there's a direct line there. You can see the argument. For, sure. but, but for something like this, who would you even give the reparations to? I, I know that that is the, that is the key question. I was sort of pondering that this afternoon, and you know, the people who suffered hugely and died in their droves during the Great Famine were the cottiers and labourers, and many of those didn't leave descent, direct descendants because they were simply wiped out. Now, if I suppose there is the point, and I think Laura Trevelyan has made this, that her father was a civil servant. So ultimately, it's a British government responsibility. But even if you take it as a British government responsibility, you know, as you, as you put it, who on earth would you compensate six, seven generations on? Would you compensate the the large farmers, many of whom benefited from the Great Famine, who, um, along with landlords, evicted their cottiers and labourers. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I just don't think it it makes sense mm. uh, to um, think in in compensation terms. Yeah, and, so, and I, I think the British government has acknowledged about a decade or so ago that, that, that you know, the part they played in the famine. Yes, even longer ago, um, 1997, the oh, year before right. the Good Friday Agreement, Tony Blair made an apology to the Irish people for the handling or the mishandling of the Great Famine. And that was, you know, a, a good act of reconciliation. 
Uh, yeah, so I suppose that uh, uh, conversation uh, uh, will go on. Uh, in the meantime, thanks to you so much, Liam, for speaking with us t- t- today. That was Liam Kennedy there, Professor of History at Queen's University and author of The Death Sentence of Black 47. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.